Turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Hey, if you're going to get water baptized today, I want you to stand. How many here is going to be baptized today? Please stand. Anybody else? Way over there. Awesome. When I get through preaching, those that's going to be water baptized, when I get through preaching today, which will be in 28 minutes, <laughs> we'll see. Um, when I get through preaching, that's, when, that's your cue to go get ready to be water baptized. All right, Philippians chapter 3. Uh, I should have counted this morning, but I didn't. But this is probably sermon number, I'm going to guess. 10, 11, I don't know, something like that. Uh, today is beware of dogs. If you think that sign's a new sign, it's not. They found in ancient cities inscribed in, so in stone the words beware of dogs. It's been around a long time. And don't you love Paul where he says, finally, my brethren... And then he goes on to write two more whole chapters. You got to love that out of a preacher. And, you know, and in conclusion, like the kid said uh, to his dad after hearing the preacher preach, Dad, what's in conclusion mean? And the dad said, Son, from that guy, it don't mean nothing. So uh, th that goes all the way back to Paul. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Now watch what he says here. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Father, I ask and pray for your blessing and anointing and God, I pray that you do the heavy lifting in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. I want everybody here to experience joy in your life. And I'm going to give you, to go about this another way, let me tell you what will train wreck the joy of God in your life. Legalistic attitudes. You have got to resist legalistic attitudes. Legalism will kill your joy. If your face is as long as a Missouri mule and you could eat corn through a picket fence, don't try to let on to me, but that is a holy, blessed thing. All it tells me is you probably, you, you got gas or you're just a hard person to get along with. <laughs> but it don't tell me that you're a joy-filled Christian. We are to have the joy of God within our life. And what we will do as a joy-filled person, we will know that it is relationship, me with Jesus, and not Rules and regulations. Legalism, it takes the focus off of what God has done for you 
And what it does, legalism focuses on what you have done for God. I can smell a Pharisee two miles away. And of all the people that give Jesus the most difficult time, it was Pharisees, rule keepers, keeping the rules. We preach the sins of the prodigal son threadbare and never make mention of the elder brother. The elder brother was back home keeping the rules and hating it. I mean hating it. If you go to church just as a rule keeper, too bad, too sad, you're living way wrong. We are to go to, exa to examine ourselves and to let that relationship of Jesus, let that become blossoming out more and more and more in our life. In the Gospels, legalists were known as Pharisees. In the letters of the New Testament, legalists were known as judges, as dogs, and as evil workers. And let me show you, it's just right here in this chapter, in, in Philippians 3. Let me show you how this works. Let me show you how rituals, here's a ritual. Paul said, circumcised the eighth day. Here's the race. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. Here's his religion. I am a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Here's the rules. I am a Pharisee. Here's the reputation. I was blameless. And God said he was lost. And God said he was lost. Romans 14, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And when you go to Israel, you will see, as far as Israel is concerned, it is a matter of what you eat and what you drink. At the end of 10 days being over in Israel, I would have given $10 for two pieces of bacon. We had these huge breakfasts, and there was no ham in sight. There was no bacon in sight. It is all about what you eat and drink. And Paul come along saying, it is not. And that was blasphemous to the people that he was speaking to. In Philippians 3, 7, and 8, Paul gives his, basically, his profit and loss statement. He talks about gain. He talks about loss. The very things that I would consider great gain in my life, God counted it as dung. That's what Paul said. The very best you can offer, God says, is like a leper's rag. The man tried to deduct his wife's makeup and, his, and the price of getting her hair done throughout all the year. And the IRS guy said, you can't do that. And the man said, why not? It was a total loss. <laughs> yeah, you bet. I'm of the belief system that, that an old barn needs a coat of paint every now and then. That's never been a big deal with me. Matthew 7, Jesus said, don't give that which is holy to the dogs. We're going to go through a list here of different dogs. One dog is a junkyard dog. 
And usually you've heard me say it, don't be, don't be mean and don't be vicious like a, a junkyard dog with AIDS. You've heard me say that before. A junkyard dog is a dog that's got his nose in the garbage. And let me add, it's not his garbage, it's always somebody else's garbage. A junkyard dog. A junkyard dog will, will always be looking for the junk in somebody else's life. And then will have the nerve to call it a ministry. Oh, we're just sharing. I'm sharing with someone to let them know what someone else has done. And you just go yakety yak, 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 yak. And I tell you all this so you can pray about it. You liar. You're a junkyard dog. Junkyard dog. Share on the phone for 30 minutes. Let me tell you, for years preachers preached. I mean, they preached against anybody having a television. Let me tell you, go on record right here. A telephone has been more damaging to the cause of Christ and to the growth of churches than any television that's ever been made. Oh, I didn't hear. I've lost the anointing. Let me move on. All right. <laughs> Number two, an old hound dog. Beware of an old hound dog. You've seen them. They're too lazy to even to move. You can put the food right up to them, and they won't, they're laying down, and it's just like if they can't stretch and reach it, they won't even go for it. And it would say, I'm not being fed. And you've heard me say it before. Something that really galls me is for people to say, well, I'm just not being fed. I don't buy that for a second. People are being fed, but like a little bitty baby, you spit it all back out. I'm not being fed. That preacher not getting into the deep things of God. If he'd preach about, about the, the statue in, in the book of Daniel and about what all the toes represent and what the feet represent and what the legs represent and what the torso represents and what the nail polish on the toes represent, well, we'd really be deep then and ain't one anybody to Jesus all year long. Shame on you. Shame on you. Don't be some lazy old hound dog not interested in anybody but yourself. Boy, it's like running uphill with a pair of gumboots on. <laughs> and all the youngsters going, gumboots? What's a gumboot? Third dog, a bulldog. Always bulled up. The Pharisees always bulled up. Sadducees in Jesus' days, always bulled up, always offended at what Jesus said. Let me tell you something. That is a telltale sign of being a Pharisee when no matter what anybody says to you, you're offended. Robert Conrad, remember him? Wasn't he the Wild Wild West guy? William Conrad was canon, Right? Okay, I think that's right. Robert Conrad had the Ever Ready commercial. 
where he had the battery on his shoulder. Go ahead, knock it off. That's how some people live their whole life. Right here it is. Go ahead, knock it off. Knock it off. Knock it off. When you knock it off, I'm really going to be bulled up. The only person that likes a bulldog is its owner. And I bet, I bet the devil really likes people that stay bulled up all the time. My brother told me that he knew a guy that had a bulldog. And Greg said he'd go over to his house, and that guy had a bowling ball. And that bulldog would click its teeth on that bowling ball until his teeth fit in the hose of that bowling ball. And just would lift that bowling ball up and just shake it around. <laughs> Wouldn't want to mess with that dog. And Greg said, I go over in that guy's house and I always, hey, where's your dog at? Where's your dog? And so that man would walk up and that dog would be on the couch and he'd walk over and just slap that dog in the head. Get off the couch. Only an owner likes a pit bull. Bulldogs will try to bully you. They'll throw tantrums. They'll turn on the waterworks. They'll try to manipulate you. That's what a bulldog does. Number four, a bird dog. Two kind of bird dogs, pointers and sitters. Yeah. Here's what I know. And I, don't, and I try consciously not to do it. I try consciously not to point at people when I preach. Because here's what I know. The moment I point at somebody, I got, here, you got one finger pointing at you. I got three pointing right back at me. Pointer. Always willing to point out somebody else's mistake. And then you've got sitters. And listen, as a church this size... Thank God for every worker that we've got, that they know what their role is. They come into here. They know when they're on schedule. Isn't that right, Jeff? Thank God for people like that. They know what they're doing. They know when they're, when they're supposed to work. They know. But there are some of you, you may never do a job like that. But here's the great thing. You none of you have to be classified as sitters because we've got the CD ministry where you can grab a handful of those and you can take them out from this place and you can share that with someone else. Nobody has to be a sitter in this church. Nobody. 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 Don't just sit soaking sour. Reach, teach, and serve. <clears throat> been on vacation and it lasted twice as long as what I was <clears throat> but one of the places that I went that I just I went to and it's like man it's awesome and we went back again and went back the third time and it was just everything about it was it was just great and Joy Taylor had been telling me about it. It's like, I've got to, yeah, I've got to try, I'm going to do that. And you can't never guess what I'm going with on this. <clears throat> the Waffle House. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The Waffle House. Woo. 
But the first time we went in, it was jam-packed. And there was a guy by the name of Preston, and there was two rows of people standing against the wall. And when I walk in, and I don't wait real well, I mean, wait's what broke the bridge down in my, in my book, and walk in, and I'm ready to turn around and walk out, and this guy, this little short, kind of bald-headed guy, and, and he just had the biggest smile on his face, and he just grabbed my hand, and he goes, oh, no, you don't want to leave. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth the experience. And I was like, yeah, but you got two rows of people. It's worth it. He was right. <laughs> and not only that, while we're eating, I see at least 10 people that had left the building and Preston went out and got them and talked them back in. <laughs> I've seen it. And I told him when we got ready to leave, I said, you're one of the best greeters I have ever seen. And he said, the Lord's blessed me with this job. And I thought, right there it is. Right there it is. Right there it is. And that's how every one of us ought to be. Every one of us can be enthusiastic about what's going on here. We can put on a smile and you can at least try to be friendly. Preston, he was sold on the product, I'm telling you. These hash browns will be the best you've ever ate. And I said, Joy Taylor's told me that. I'm going to get a double order. <laughs> All right. Number five, the German Shepherd dog. He's a top cop dog. German Shepherd dog is a law dog. Philippians 3.9, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but having the righteousness of God by faith. Preacher, I'm keeping the law. And my word to you is, you'll never make it. Never make it. Ain't nobody can be good enough. The law was never meant to save. The law was meant as a mirror to show you how smudgy your face really is. For a kind of a symbolism here, Moses represented the law. He did not lead the Israelites into the promised land. Joshua represented grace and truth. He led Israel into the promised land. Grace will get you there. The law will not. Number six, a child dog. Justine Durham, my sister, told me years ago, and I don't know nothing about dogs, but she said, Mark, those child dogs, they've always got a black tongue. Oh, I said, you're making that up. She gets her dog, and she's there, he got a black tongue. Yeah. <laughs> you have a black tongue. Hmm? You're always telling somebody off, giving them a piece of your mind. Huh? You doing that? It's not from the Holy Spirit, I grant you. Poodle dog. Poodle dog looks pretty, looks good, but don't ask me to do anything because I'm only here to look pretty and to look good. 
Poodle dog originated from France. Need I say more? <laughs> We're not going to defend the faith. We're going to eat cheese and drink wine and look down our nose at people. Need I say more? Poodle dog. You know, the church, you know, the church as a whole, just keep it at North America, nationwide, the church is filled today with poodle dogs. But they look good, but don't ask me to do anything. Oh, I'm just too busy. Don't you, don't you just love them people? Oh, I'm, I just don't know how busy I am, preacher. I'm just the busiest guy on the planet. I'm about to this point. People that talk that way, they ain't as busy as they let on. That's what I'm really thinking. Jesus called the disciples, and every one of them was already busy. Busy people have a way of getting things done. Probably not so much a matter of time. It's what you do with your time. Busy people have a way of making sure things get done. We've got some busy people in this church, and they are faithful as faithful can be. And I don't have to hear about, oh, you just don't know how busy I am. Oh, I'm just so busy. Yeah. That kind of goes into this next one. The Chihuahua dog. <laughs> Littlest dog in the world. Four to six pounds. Five inches tall. Story of the, the woman that went to Mexico and she came back and her sight was kind of going bad. And it was kind of like that commercial you see on, on TV to where the woman needs glasses and she's going outside. And she's out and outside in her bathrobe and, and she's going, come on, come on in. And, you know, thinking it's her, it's her cat and it's a raccoon that's coming in. <laughs> that's how this woman was. Yeah. Thought she got a chihuahua that she brought home. Then takes it to the vet once she gets back to America. This, this little dog I got from Mexico seemed to be really sick. And the vet said, lady, this ain't no dog. This is a rat that's got rabies. That woman needed a lot of things in her life. Yeah, chihuahua dogs. They never grow up. Never grow up. You always have to be propped up. If that's the case, you need to grow up. Oh, their feelings are, oh, oh, here, let me prop you up. You all right now? Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, you fell over again. Wait, over again. If you've always got to be propped up, you need to grow up. Amen. Yeah. Number nine, a boxer. They're always in a fight. Always in a fight. Years ago, Kay, Kay and myself, we went on a fishing trip. It was the worst experience I'd ever had. There's about five couples of us, everybody in a little pop-up, stupid tent kind of deal. 
And it rained from the time we got there. And Saturday morning, I get up and I said, I don't know about you, but I'm leaving out of here. You can stay if you want. She goes, I'm going too. <laughs> there was one couple that fought the whole time in with us on our pop-up deal. It was terrible. It was terrible. Terrible, 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 terrible. Everything would have been different if we had all the sun been shining, we'd all been out there fishing. But since we couldn't fish, it was pouring down rain, and everybody's two couples of pieces in this pop-up tent. Who come up with that idea? I don't know. But uh, we're in this pop-up tent. On the way home, this is the thought that I had, straight from heaven itself. Fishermen that don't fish fight. Church, we ain't got time to fight. There's too many people out there that we need to reel, reel them on in. We need to reel them on in. Number 10. This is the good dog. How many can guess what this is going to be? This is a good dog. How many can guess what this is going to be? This is a good dog. How many can guess what this is going to be? Oh, let me tell you. Who said it? St. Bernard. St. Bernard. Yeah, but preacher, I ain't a saint. According to Paul, either you're a saint or you an ain't. We got the idea that a saint is somewhere up in stained glass windows somewhere. No, a saint is doing the works of Jesus on this earth. Amen. And saints, the majority, when I say the majority, I think it's only word, the word saints mentioned once in the Bible. Every time else, it's plural. Saints, plural. Meaning we all got to work together. Amen. We all got to get together. In the Alps, there was one St. Bernard dog. In 12 years, that dog rescued 40 people. Around, the, in, around mountainous areas, every year, there's way over 100 people rescued every year by a St. Bernard dog. It's their job. They rescue people. In John 13:3, the Bible, let me read that, and then I'm going to key on two words. John 13:3. Are you having a good time? Some of you look like you're not having a good time. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and he was come from God and went to God. Two words. Jesus knowing. And because he knew these things, the next thing we see him doing, he's washing the disciples' feet. Jesus knowing. Knowing that the Father had given him authority. Jesus knowing that the Father had sent him. Jesus knowing that he was going back to the Father. If you and I can know those three things in our life, you can be delivered. You can be delivered from fop and fof. Fop 
is fear of people. When you know that you are born again and one of your jobs is to do as the Father's commanded us, and that's to go out and reach somebody, and the Father is going to be there with us by his Holy Spirit. Listen, people, that's empowering. I went and talked to someone yesterday at the jail, and on the way over there, Lord, I don't know, what, I don't know where this man's at. I don't know what he needs. I, you do. I'm putting this in your hands. You're the one that gives me the strength to be able to do this. That visitation went perfect, and that guy, through that glass, rededicated his life to Jesus. Jesus, knowing those things, will deliver you, us knowing those things, will deliver you from fear of people and fear of failure. I heard Billy Graham say one time, well, we tried something as the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. We tried this, and it didn't work. That, when I heard that, was like a weight that went off my shoulders. This is Billy Graham saying he tried something, and it didn't work. How many knows there's going to be things that I do that ain't going to work? Don't answer, Kay. <laughs> but what a freeing thing knowing that Billy Graham, that happens to Billy Graham from time to time. I'm not worried about failure. I know to when I, whatever God calls me to do, I'm to move forward. If I fall, you better know it, I'm going to be falling forward. I'm going to be going forward. Give you one illustration, let me quit. Sanjay Singh, a pastor from India, really felt like he ought to go into an area that was in the Himalayas that bordered India from another country, and it was right in that area that there was a group or a village that, as far as this man knew, they had never heard the gospel presented. Sanjay Singh and a friend of his decided to go that direction. And as they went through their, that area, they were trying to beat the weather, and they got caught about halfway to where the, 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 the snow just started, just started just falling upon them, and he knew this was this is dangerous. And up, up in the road, in the path, they saw a mound, and they get to it, and it's a body that's already covered over with the snow. And they drape the snow off of the man, and he sees that he's still breathing. And he tells his friend, we got, we got to rescue this guy. And the friend said, no. No, the city's over there. We can, we can barely see the lights. We've got to get to that city. If we rescue this guy, all of us could be dead. He's going to die anyway. And Sanjay Singh said, we got, to, we got to help him. And the man said, I'm not. And the man started walking on. Sanjay Singh got down as well as he could and started lifting that man up. And through much effort, he got that man draped over his back and started walking. And within 30 minutes' time, he comes upon a mound, and that mound is his friend. And again, with much effort, he takes the body off, goes over to his friend, and his friend has died. Again, much effort puts the body 
upon his back and begins trudging to the village. Makes it to the nearest home, falls in the door, and is unconscious. The next morning, a doctor is there and tells this man, knows him, and calls him pastor. And Sanjay Singh says, what about the other man? And he said, he's doing well. Sanjay Singh tells him the story of what had happened. The doctor said, because you was willing to rescue this man, you rescued yourself. Because the extra exertion that you was putting into this, your heart had to beat that much faster. Your blood was coursing through your veins that much quicker. It kept you alive. That's why your friend died. Because you rescued him, you rescued yourself. The St. Bernard, his job is to rescue someone. Church, let's be the same way. Let's all stand. Those that's going to be baptized, we ask you to be prepared and get ready for that right now, please. Father, we ask and pray, God, for your Holy Spirit, and we know that he will because he is faithful. He's going to knock. He's going to knock. And if there's anyone here this morning that hears and was willing to respond to that knock, God, I ask and pray that you give them the wherewithal and the intestinal fortitude to be willing to come forward and have me and others pray with them and believe God for things within their life. Maybe, God, in a group like this, there's someone here that's unsaved. God, they've never asked Jesus to be their Savior. Lord, let today be the day. Let today be the day. Let today be the day. God, my job not to go back and rip the buttons off people's clothes, try to get them to go forward. Lord, if I did that, it'd probably never last anyway. But God, when you, by your spirit, can draw them and they respond, that's when it takes. And we're believing, God, by your spirit, you're going to draw them now. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, if you're here this morning, you need Jesus. Or as a Christian person, you need to pray. We want you up here. I'm going to ask. Uh, I want to ask Melvin. I want to ask Melvin and Crystal and the rest of their family to come forward, if they will, stand right here. We want to pray with them. Melvin's sister passed away. This is her daughter and and her uh, and her husband. And yeah, Crystal's yeah, Crystal's niece. But the woman that passed away, it was her, her daughter. I want everybody that will to come and gather around them and pray for them. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Father, we thank you and we praise you, dear God, for the comfort. Lord, for the blessing that you can give during these times of loss. And God, I ask and pray that you would be everything that this family needs during this time. And Lord, help us as a church, God, to be your hand extended, your feet walking toward them, God, your heart enveloping them.
Help us as a church, Lord, to respond as a church should. We're asking and praying, God, knowing that you are the God of all comfort and consolation. Lord, that you would help and bless and minister to this family. In Jesus' wonderful name we ask and pray. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. In Jesus' name. Thank God. Thank God. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you, brother. Bless you.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.